0: Screen Time Stories is presented by Pinwheel, the smartphone that supports kids and teens through summer break. Pinwheel reimagined the smartphone experience to support healthy child development, and therapists backed the design. Fitness and education apps encourage kids to stay moving and avoid what teachers call the summer slide. Special features keep kids on a set routine. And meeting up with friends... It's just a call or text away, with no worries about getting pulled into mindless games or YouTube rabbit holes. I'm Julie, and as a parent, I'm sometimes overwhelmed by the challenge of raising my kids in the age of screens. Embracing technology and modern parenting is a must. Our kids will log on, whether we like it or not. So let's lean into the challenges and joys of parenting with tech while we learn from the latest research and experts in the field. This is Screen Time Stories, parenting techniques for raising tech natives. Let's figure this out. Today we're focusing on how single parenting is influenced by tech. It feels like I took the two most unpredictable topics and smashed them together. We'll see how much we can get ahead of. And if you're not a single parent, I'd encourage you to listen anyway. It's always good to understand where other people are coming from. To help me get a better handle on this topic, I'm talking to Crystal Offit, the director of customer care at Pinwheel and co-parent to a very cool kid. Then I'll chat with Tessa Stuckey, a licensed counselor, to hear how she addresses some of the most common issues that come through her office. Before we move into those conversations, let's take a broad look at what we're getting into. And if you're not a single parent and chose to stick around, props to you. Maybe you know a single parent and think, oh, she's so strong, or he's got it all figured out. But in reality, single parents simply don't have the choice but to keep it all together and to only spend time on the important stuff. This might make you think I'm rocking single parenting, but my 10-year plan literally just says nap. We all know how attached kids and teens become to their phones. And without consistency, taking the device away could lead to tantrums. By setting a routine that our kids and teens can keep each day, no matter who they're with, helps this transition go more smoothly. So talk with your ex about the options that exist and what pros and cons of each device you want your child exposed to. Consider phones like Pinwheel, which allow you to stay in touch, but prevent a lot of different types of unnecessary exposures. And last, create a clear plan that all of you understand. If your ex is unreasonable, Keep things as calm as possible and reach out to an expert or supportive friend. Never dump issues on the babies about uncomfortable issues. My guiding beacon is to just do what's best for the kids. So let's talk to Crystal now. Crystal, you've experienced single parenting and co-parenting.
1: How's that been for you? There's so many factors that go into decisions made in in parenting in general, but then as a single parent, like you're the sole decision maker. And half the time you're sitting there, you're like, oh God, am I making the right decision? So on on top of that though, you know, I put myself through college um, and I was the only single parent um, at the McComb School of Business at that time. So I was already kind of used to being this kind of outcast, I I guess. Um, And so uh, my son grew up much faster because he was around people that spoke to him like an adult, right? I mean, he had to be on campus with me sometimes, you know, he'd be at study groups. And so that kind of like kicked things off. But right out of university, I went straight into tech startups. And my first tech startup was with Tesla Motors. And, you know, this is, this is way back when, when, you know, we were just in the u s we didn't have a lot of locations uh the good old boys club uh was a real thing, and um they would just work you to death. I mean, it was early on, and so uh what what uncle E said goes and like you were expected twenty four seven if there was somebody high profile that they you know couldn't take a meeting until eleven o'clock at night. And guess what like you're taking meetings at eleven o'clock at night um And so that added an additional layer of, okay, now I have to do all the parenting stuff, but I'm also demanded at this company, and I'm the only I'm the breadwinner. Like I wasn't getting child support or anything, and so, you know, how do you balance taking care of your child while also being like, well, I have to put food on the table? Um, and so what ended up happening is as he got a little bit older, and then he's doing like the regular school school world. Um, It was difficult where if I got stuck at work and like I couldn't leave, um, especially when I was already told at one point when uh, a certain individual, one of my bosses, my early bosses, found out that I had a child, I was told, maybe you shouldn't work in the automotive industry. And I said, what the hell does that have to do with working in the automotive industry? And that was kind of the, I wasn't strong enough or confident enough as a young single parent to manage that appropriately. So I did, I let work kind of like run the show and I shouldn't have. Um,
0: and how did that play into getting him a smartphone at a young age?
1: So there was times when I was stuck and I couldn't get him from school on time. Right. And it's like, well, what do I do? Like, Okay, do I try to like call a friend to go pick him up? Well, then, how do I let the school know? how is Bryce gonna know you know, and it was just all these things, and so, as a single parent in that time, it was like, okay, I've gotta get away to be able to talk to my child in those types of situations um and so I had to get him a cell phone at a young age, and there wasn't many options um at that time for like more of those just like okay limited contacts type thing you know limiting all the apps um and although i i would like to say i'm tech savvy i also like didn't have the time to like sit there and like think about it and like set it all up and there were even things you know out in the internet abyss that like you don't even know about right and so like how do you protect from something that you're unaware of um and you know i I was mom shamed. Like, why does your child have a cell phone at six years old? <laughs> but it, it, I didn't know what else to do. Like, I. Yeah, um, but it helped tremendously. It really did.
0: It's such a hard balance to parent and be responsible for your kid's livelihood. I've been in positions where I thought, if I don't take this work call at 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve, I'm on the chopping block. And the thought of losing my ability to shelter and feed my kids made me push back less than I should have.
1: I remember lots of times, like I would be on work meetings as I'm trying to like cook dinner. Um, I was super embarrassed one time cause I was like making spaghetti and there was this, um, very high profile uh, athlete I was working with and I'm on the phone and I'm like on the, the phones, like the to my shoulder to my head, you know, as I'm like, Trying to stir the noodles and it's boiling over. And I'm like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I like, if you hear clanging and banging and stuff, I'm like, I'm just trying to make dinner. And I was in that moment, I was so embarrassed. And I was like, I shouldn't be embarrassed about this. Like, I am caring for a human being. But there's really like, that was not a big push. And like, people don't really talk about that. Right. Like, as parents, we always want to like showcase the good things. And not showing vulnerability because, well, let's face it, like parent shaming is real, unfortunately. And so I feel like everyone kind of puts on this filter, right? Of like, well, I don't want to talk about the struggles because then that means that I'm not good enough. So I think that's why, you know, i that's how I kind of handled some of those things. And I look back and I was like, why why was I so weak? I was definitely shamed for him having a phone early, but um, it made my life so much easier.
0: I know what you mean. How did you handle those situations?
1: And so you're at like school events. Um with the phone situation, um, I just kind of stuck to the facts, right? It's like, well, you know, I work a lot of hours. Like I have to have a way to X, Y, and Z and like communicate with him. Um, you know, and then the whole thing about like, well, what about the dad in his life? And it's, you know, part of me just wanted to, you know, not be kind in that moment. But I I, you know, yeah. I sucked it up, and a lot of the sticking to the facts was also a way for me to kind of just almost reassure myself that those were the data points and information that I had to like make this decision. And so I was almost, in a way, just talking to myself in those moments, almost like pep talking myself to be like, "No, like you made the right decision for like you and your family." Um, not always easy, and you know, come home maybe, maybe have some a lot of wine. Like it's exhausting as I started getting more confident though. And I, I loved it. And I mean, technology played a part in this as well, but um, so I would travel a lot for uh, work for my next job after Tesla. And I'll never forget that um, on the mom's group, right. Or the parents group for the school, it was basically uh, called out that I, I wasn't volunteering for events. And I know, I know. And of course, then my heart just sank. I think I had like a good two minute, just like cry it out, sesh and um, regroup. Braving the waters of kindergarten mom groups on top of
0: everything else should not be a thing. If we could all make an effort to not be a judgy bee today, that would make the world a better place. But I am so proud of you for sticking to doing what's best for your little family and finding confidence through that. It inspires me. So now that Bryce is older, are you facing any other challenges in
1: parenting with tech? The biggest thing I didn't account for was the emotional side of having a phone as a young teenager. So um, Bryce was, he must have been 10. And so he was starting to be able to like text school friends and wasn't prepared for the different emotional dynamic that that presents as far as like being able to connect and understanding how miscommunication happens over text, right? Because you're not seeing the person's like, face inflections and movements. Um, and so I, I didn't have a way, I wasn't prepared to like teach him that yet. And I just remember I was, I was upstairs working and I just hear this loud crash and I come down and Bryce had smashed his phone, like purposefully smashed his phone. And he was so worked up and just like beside himself and didn't know what had happened. Right. I'm just like, whoa, let's take a step back here. Um, and it turned out that, you know, a girl at his school was like, egging him on about liking this other girl and she was pestering him and he didn't feel like he had a way to be able to like shut that off or how to manage that. Right. When you're doing face to face, you, you'd walk away, but yeah. And so for the, for the next phone, we actually made him save up and and buy the next phone, um, which was great because then he took really good care of it after <laughs> having to, to pay for it. Um, Right. Yeah. There's just there's just so much that, again, you can't prepare for something that that's unknown.
0: I totally get that. It's tough. You said that these days your son has two weeks with you and two with his dad. How do you and your ex make that work? How do you keep communication open and a routine for Bryce? Essentially, do you have any tips for how we can put our kids first?
1: It was more of like trial and error on my side, and me having to be the one to like initiate questions. Right. And I would, I would try to frame the questions always coming from a place of like love and caring, um, while still trying to be like, okay, but I need this specific information out of that answer kind of thing. Um, and, and that's worked thus far. Um, I think it's interesting because like, you always hope that your child's being taken care of 100%, right? And, and every family is different. But I think with the way that we chose to co-parent, the way that I looked at it was, we've always been great friends, great business partners, right? Good parents, but like the actual marriage aspect, you know, just didn't work out. But I also didn't want to complicate things for Bryce's sake. Right.
0: I hear you. I think approaching conversations from a place of love and care is just about the most mature thing I've heard all day, maybe all year. Crystal, thank you so much for being you honest, open, and awesome. Now we're going to talk to Tessa Stecky, a Houston mom to four boys, a licensed professional counselor, specializing in teens and screens, and the author of For the Sake of Our Youth. Hi, Tessa. So many single parents need, not want, to get their kid a phone earlier than planned. What are some of the dangers we should know about and the paths we can take to stay healthy?
2: Smart devices today have so many bells and whistles, that our kids could easily fall into and become addicted to. I mean, that is what these companies want is for our kids to want to pick up these devices all the time. And so what we have to be careful with is what are they actually using the device for and teaching our kids to only use it for communication. Because if we – Use it if they, if we let them use it or they are using it to play games or get on social media or watch YouTube all day, um, they're going to get these huge dopamine dumps in their brain, which will create a dependency on these devices. And that's the last thing we want for our seven, eight, nine year old, right? And so, um, if you want to get them a phone to track them and to be able to communicate with them, I think that that's wonderful. And I think that they're safe a safe way to do that. And one is, you know, there's different devices. You don't have to get them an iPhone or even an iPad to do that. You can get them. I really like those Relay Go walkie-talkies. I don't know if you've heard of those, but they've got unlimited range and GPS with those and they're just walkie-talkies. So it's just about communication and tracking. Um, then there's the little kid smartwatches that I really like that people can get. I, my fourth grader has one so I can see where he's at and he can text and call me and I can text and call him. So I like that. And then, of course, I really like the pinwheel phone because as parents, you can set it up exactly for what you want your child to use it for. There's It doesn't have to have all those extra things to it, the distraction stuff. Um, it can be truly just for tracking. and communicating. Um, And so those are, I mean, you just have to be really careful with that because our kids are living in a world where that addiction quality is so common and so easy to fall into. And while your intention as a parent is to keep them safe um, physically, we need to make sure that we're keeping them safe mentally as well and we want to make sure that they're spending their time doing things that are good for their hearts and good for their minds not just getting stuck playing Minecraft on their phone or watching YouTube all day. So that would be, I mean that would be my biggest concern as a parent as a single parent to um or for single parents is that their intention is good to give them th- this phone but their child inevitably will get lost in the other things especially if they get Some sort of social media account. Um, Social media is just, I mean, I could go on and on about social media.
0: Yeah, and with only one set of eyes, it's that much easier for kids to get onto social media and stuff before they're ready for it. There's only one set of eyes and only one wallet, which gets tricky when our bigger kids start asking for the latest gaming consoles and cell phones.
2: So, like, I know like iPhones cost what? I don't even know what iPhones cost, but over $1,000, <laughs> which to me is is ridiculous in it an, in and of itself. But to be a single parent who has single income to get your child something so expensive, I, I can only imagine the stress that that adds to that parent. And um, so these other devices that I mentioned, they are much more cost-friendly and you pay like $10 a month for the service kind of thing. And so it's easier to... Make sure that not only are they safe physically and mentally, but also it's more cost-friendly. Um, and I just, I don't like it when parents get so wrapped up in, well, all the other kids have these, you know, expensive phones. And it's like, we kind of need to stand up as parents and like set the example of, well, that's what they're doing, but we're doing this because it's what be- what's best for you. It's setting those boundaries with our kids. And teaching them to set boundaries with their friends, you know, of, of recognizing what's best for our family, what's best for our relationships, rather than just trying to fit in or do what, you know, the rest of society is doing without a care of very much.
0: That's good advice. Now, sometimes the ax is highly involved, which is awesome. But there are challenges that come with that, too.
2: Yeah, that my heart goes out to parents that are struggling with the co-parenting part. I am in a situation where I don't have to deal with that, but I work with a lot of families and I have a lot of good friends that deal with that. And it is quite the struggle. I mean, co-parenting in general is hard. And then you add in the technology factor and you want to know that your child is safe at, you know, their parents, you know, the other parent's house. Um, You want to be able to get a hold of them. You want them to be able to get a hold of you. So I do not blame parents of even young kids, um, getting them some sort of device so that they can get a hold of each other. I think it's, it really adds peace of mind when you know that your child can, you can get a hold of them or they can get a hold of you. There's a loss of control when your child is at the other person's house. And so you don't know what they're doing with their time. You don't know how much time they're spending on screens and getting those dopamine dumps, what they're looking at, what they're spending their time doing. And that can be really unsettling, especially if your ex is not on board with all the screen safety stuff and the monitoring and limiting time and that sort of thing. And you are, that can be really unsettling and uncomfortable and, um, I will say I don't have all the answers for that, but I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me when working with clients is making sure you put a lot of focus on your relationship with your child, um, and teaching them what to do if they are in an uncomfortable situation or, or they do stumble onto something inappropriate on their device over at the other house, um, giving them that permission to call you or text you to let you know like hey mom i just saw something and it makes me uncomfortable and i don't want to go tell dad or whatever and um i have a really good friend who's dealt with this for many years and she was very persistent with her ex and just kept kind of sending him articles and sending him things to let him know why screens are not healthy and you know having multiple conversations with him to help establish that. And he just couldn't seem to understand why she was making such a big deal out of it. And then at some point it finally, and I don't know if anything specific happened, but he just kind of woke up one day and was like, oh, I think all the things she's saying is legit. And he decided to kind of hop on board with being more cautious with the screen usage and that sort of thing. And so now they have a really healthy co-parenting situation with the devices, but it's taken many years. So I I want parents to know that they ha- there are support systems out there for other people who are struggling with the same thing. It's really hard being a single parent or co-parenting in general and, and to – Um, be more persistent and focus on your values with your child. Have those open conversations. It's not just a one and done kind of thing. You have to keep having those conversations with your kids about what they might see, what they should do if they see it, Um, what is happening to their brain if they're on the devices too much. I know so many families where they go to the other parent's house and they're literally on iPads the whole time that they are there. And then they, they become like zombies, you know, on the screens all day. And then they come back and they're just fussy and their behavior is off. Um, so it can be, Really hard. And it's hard to explain to a six year old, like, hey, your brain can't handle that much dopamine all at one time. You know, like a six year old's not going to go, okay, it's been 10 minutes. I should get off because I've got too much dopamine. You know, like it really, that's unrealistic.
0: Okay, so many takeaways on this episode. And because co parenting, single parenting, and just parenting with tech in general is so nuanced, I think we should leave off with just one simple nutshell. Do what's best for the kids. And this means a million different things to a million different families. It won't be easy to discover or execute this motto. But next time you need to ground yourself in your parenting, just remember to do what's best for the kids. Thank you to Crystal Offutt and Tessa Stecki for being amazing people and sharing their advice and stories so candidly. Let me know what challenges with technology your family is facing and I'll find an expert to help you out. Just email me at julie at pinwheel.com. This episode was produced by me and I'll share another one with you next week. Just hit subscribe to stay in the loop.